Chapter 5 of Marvels of Modern Science. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Hawaii in April 2020. Marvels of Modern Science by Paul Severing. Chapter 5 Skyscrapers and How They Are Built evolution of the skyscraper construction new york's giant buildings dimensions the skyscraper is an architectural triumph but at the same time it is very much of a commercial enterprise and it is indigenous native born to american soil it had its inception here particularly in new york and chicago the tallest buildings in the world are in New York. The most notable of these, the Metropolitan Life Insurance Building, with 50 stories towering up to a height of 700 feet and 3 inches, has been the crowning achievement of architectural art, the highest building yet erected by man. How is it possible to erect such a building? How is it possible to erect a skyscraper at all? A partial answer may be given in one word, steel. Generally speaking, the method of building all these huge structures is much the same. Massive piers or pillars are erected, inside which are usually strong steel columns. Crosswise from column to column great girders are placed, forming a base for the floor, and then upon the first pillars are raised other steel columns, slightly decreased in size upon which girders are again fixed for the next floor and so on this process is continued floor after floor there seems no reason why buildings should not be reared like this for even a hundred stories provided the foundations are laid deep enough and broad enough the walls are not really the support of the buildings the essential elements are the columns and girders of steel forming the skeleton framework of the whole. The masonry may assist, but the piers and girders carry the principal weight. If, therefore, everything depends upon these piers, which are often of steel and masonry combined, the immense importance will be seen of basing them upon adequate foundations. And thus it comes about that to build high, we must dig deep, which fact may be construed as an aphorism to fit more subjects than the building of skyscrapers. To attempt to build a skyscraper without a suitable foundation would be tantamount to endeavouring to build a house on a marsh without draining the marsh. It would count failure at the very beginning. The formation depends on the height, the calculated weight the framework will carry, the amount of air pressure, the vibrations from the running of internal machines and several other details of less importance than those mentioned but of deep consequence in the aggregate instead of being carried on thick walls spread over a considerable area of ground the skyscrapers are carried wholly on steel columns this concentrates many hundred tons of load and develops pressure which would crush the masonry and cause the structures to penetrate soft earth almost as a stone sinks in water. In the first place, the weight of the proposed building and contents is estimated. 
then the character of the soil determined to a depth of one hundred feet if necessary in new york the soil is treacherous and difficult there are underground rivers in places and large deposits of sand so that to get down to rock bottom or pan is often a very hard undertaking generally speaking the excavations are made to about a depth of thirty feet a layer of concrete a foot or two thick is spread over the bottom of the pit and on it are bedded rows of steel beams set close together across the middle of these beams deep steel girders are placed on which the columns are erected the heavy weight is thus spread out by the beams girders and concrete so as to cause a reduced uniform pressure on the soil cement is filled in between the beams and girders and packed around them to seal them thoroughly against moisture then clean earth or sand is rammed in up to the column bases and covered with the concrete of the cellar floor in some cases the foundation loads are so numerous that nothing short of masonry piers on solid rock will safely sustain them to accomplish this very strong airtight steel or wooden boxes with flat tops and no bottoms are set on the pier sites at groundwater level and pumped full of compressed air while men enter them and excavating the soil undermine them so they sink until they land on the rock and are filled solid with concrete to form the basis of the foundation piers on the average the formation should have a resisting power of two tons to the square foot dead load by dead load is meant the weight of the steelwork floors and walls as distinguished from the office furniture and occupants which come under the head of living load some engineers take into consideration the pressure of both dead and live loads gauging the strength of the foundation but the dead load pressure of two tons to the square foot will do for the reckoning for as a live load only exerts a pressure of sixty pounds to the square foot it may be included in the former the columns carry the entire weights including dead and live loads and the wind pressure into the footings these again distributing the loads on the soil the aim is to have an equal pressure per square foot of soil at the same time for all footings thus ensuring an even settlement the skeleton construction now almost wholly consists of wrought steel at first cast iron and wrought iron were used but it was found they corroded too quickly there are two classes of steel construction the cage and the skeleton in the cage construction the frame is strengthened for wind stresses and the walls act as curtains in the skeleton the frame carries only the vertical loads and depends upon the walls for its wind bracing it has been found that the wind pressure is about thirty pounds for every square foot of exposed surface the steel columns reach from the foundation to the top riveted together by plates and may be extended to an indefinite height in fact there is no engineering limit to the height the outside walls of the skyscraper vary in thickness with the height of the building and also vary in accordance with the particular kind of construction whether cage or skeleton if of the cage variety 
the walls as has been said act as curtains and consequently they are thinner than in the skeleton type of construction in the latter case the walls have to resist the wind pressure unsupported by the steel frame and therefore they must be of a sufficient width brick and terracotta blocks are used for construction generally terracotta blocks are also much used in the flooring and for this purpose have several advantages over other materials they are absolute fireproof they weigh less per cubic foot than any other kind of fireproof flooring and they are almost soundproof they do equally well for flat and arched floors it is of the utmost importance that the skyscraper be absolutely fireproof from bottom to top these great buzzing hives of industry house at one time several thousand human beings and a panic would entail a fearful calamity and moreover their height places the upper stories beyond reach of a water tower and the pumping engines of the street the skyscrapers of today are as fireproof as human ingenuity and skill can make them and this is saying much in fact it means that they cannot burn of course fires can break out in rooms and apartments in the manufacturing of chemicals or testing experiments etc but these are easily confined to narrow limits and readily extinguished with the apparatus at hand steel columns will not burn but if exposed to heat of sufficient degree they will warp and bend and probably collapse therefore they should be protected by heat-resisting agents nothing can be better than terracotta and concrete for this purpose when terracotta blocks are used they should be at least two inches thick with an air space running through them columns are also fireproofed by wrapping expanded metal or other metal lathing around them and plastering then a furring system is put on and another layer of metal lathing and plastering this if well done is probably safer than the layer of hollow tile the floor beams should be entirely covered with terracotta blocks or concrete so that no part of them is left exposed as most office trimmings are of wood care should be taken that all electric wires are well insulated faulty installation of dynamos motors and other apparatus is frequently the cause of office fires the lighting of a skyscraper is a most elaborate arrangement some of them use as many lights as would well supply a good-sized town the singer building in new york has fifteen thousand incandescent lamps and it is safe to say the metropolitan life insurance building has more than twice this number as the floor area of the latter is two and a half times as great the engines and dynamos are in the basement and so fixed that their vibrations do not affect the building as space is always limited in the basements of skyscrapers direct connected engines and dynamos are generally installed instead of belt connected and the boilers operated under a high steam pressure besides delivering steam to the engines the boilers also supply it to a variety of auxiliary pumps as boiler feed fire pump blow-off tank pump and pump for forcing water through the building 
the heating arrangement of such a vast area as is covered by the floor space of a skyscraper has been a very difficult problem but it has been solved so that the occupant of the twentieth story can receive an equal degree of heat with the one on the ground floor both hot water and steam are utilized hot water heating however is preferable to steam as it gives a much steadier heat the radiators are proportioned to give an average temperature of 65 degrees Fahrenheit in each room during the winter months. There are automatic regulating devices attached to the radiators, so if the temperature rises above or falls below a certain point, the steam or hot water is automatically turned on or off. Some buildings are heated by the exhaust steam from the engines but most have boilers solely for the purpose. The sanitary system is another important feature. The supplying of water for washstands, the dispositions of wastes and the flushing of lavatories tax all the skill of the mechanical engineer. Several of these mighty buildings call for upwards of a thousand lavatories. In considering the skyscraper, we should not forget the role played by the electric elevator. Without it, these buildings would be practically useless, as far as the upper stories are concerned. The labor of stair climbing would leave them untenanted. No one would be willing to climb ten, twenty or thirty flights and tackle a day's work after the exertion of doing so. To climb to the fiftieth story in such a manner would be well-nigh impossible, or only possible by relays, and after one would arrive at the top he would be so physically exhausted that both mental and manual endeavour would be out of the question. Therefore, the elevator is as necessary to the skyscraper as are doors and windows. Indeed, were it not for the introduction of the elevator, the business sections of our large cities would still consist of the five and six-story structures of our father's time instead of the towering edifices which now lift their heads among the clouds regarded less than half a century ago as an unnecessary luxury the elevator today is an imperative necessity skyscrapers are equipped with both express and local elevators the express elevators do not stop until about the tenth floor is reached. They run at a speed of about ten feet per second. There are two types of elevators in general use, one lifting the car by cables from the top, and the other with a hydraulic plunger acting directly upon the bottom of the car. The former are operated either by electric motors or hydraulic cylinders, and the latter by hydraulic rams, the cylinder is extending the full height of the building into the ground. America is preeminently the land of the skyscraper, but England and France to a degree are following along the same lines, though nothing as yet has been erected on the other side of the water to equal the towering triumphs of architectural art on this side. In no country in the world is space at such a premium as in New York City, therefore, new york per se may be regarded as the true home of the tall building although chicago is not very much behind the metropolis in this respect as figures are more eloquent than words in description 
the following data of the two giant structures of the western world may be interesting the singer building at the corner of broadway and liberty street new york city has a total height from the basement floor to the top of the flagstaff of seven hundred forty two feet the height from street to roof is six hundred twelve feet one inch there are forty one stories the weight of the steel in the entire building is nine thousand two hundred tons it has sixteen elevators five steam engines five dynamos five boilers and twenty-eight steam pumps the length of the steam and water piping is five miles the cubical contents of the building comprise sixty six million nine hundred fifty thousand cubic feet there are four hundred eleven thousand square feet of floor area or about nine and a half acres the weight of the tower is eighteen thousand three hundred tons little danger from a collapse will be apprehended when it is learned that the columns are securely bolted and caissons which have been sunk to rock bed eighty feet below the curb the other campanile which has excited the wonder and admiration of the world is the colossal pile known as the metropolitan building this occupies the entire square or block as we call it from twenty-third street to twenty-fourth street and from madison to fourth avenue it is seven hundred feet and three inches above the sidewalk and has fifty stories the main building which has a frontage of two hundred feet by four hundred twenty five feet is ten stories in height it is built in the early italian renaissance style the materials being steel and marble the campanile is carried up in the same style and is also of marble it stands on a base measuring seventy five by eighty three feet and the architectural treatment is chaste though severe but eminently agreeable to the stupendous proportions of the structure the tower is quite different from that of the singer building it has twelve wall and eight interior columns connected at every fourth floor by diagonal braces these columns carry one thousand eight hundred pounds to the linear foot the wind pressure calculated at the rate of thirty pounds to the square foot is enormous and is provided for by deep wall girders and knee braces which transfer the strain to the columns and to the foundation the average cross-section of the tower is seventy-five by eighty-five feet the floor space of the entire building is one million eighty thousand square feet or about twenty-five acres the tower of this surpassing cloud-piercing structure can be seen for many miles from the surrounding country and from the bay it looks like a giant sentinel in white watching the mighty city at its feet and proclaiming the ceaseless activity and progress of the western world End of chapter five